frightened. You drank, Ian. Adam. You drank, Ian. You like, you like purple, right? Adam. Ka-ching, and welcome back to Frames and Fools. I'm Henry. And I'm Dylan, and this is the movie podcast for me and Henry. Two longtime buds, we talk about movies, and this week on the show, we watched Kajillionaire, written and directed by Miranda July. Yeah, but before we get into the movie, Henry, how you doing? What's up? How's life <laughs> treating you? Life's all right. Um, we're recording this a little bit into the new year in uh, the new year. what I like to refer to as the uh, the post-Christmas wasteland. Uh, mm. Of January and February. <laughs> well, yeah, just kind of that, that time after, uh, you know, Christmas is completely thrown off your personal schedule. And even if you have returned to work, like I worked yesterday and I was like, why the fuck are there so many people here? Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting so many people. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It's a weekend. And then I'd promptly forget like 10 minutes later and be like, why the fuck are there so many people here again? I, when I used to work like in a movie theater it, on my grumpiest days, it was immediately just why are there go away? Why, why, why are you all here? Please leave. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm so busy. Oh man. And totally feel you bad. know, be, because um, of my brain, I, I definitely had like the, uh, the inner dialogue I always have of like, maybe I should have a better attitude or like trying to like think about like, am I like, I should just embrace and like pivot and you know, I'm in this situation. And then I'm like, nah, I'm still nah, mad. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes, still sometimes it's just, yeah, shitty, just fucking shitty. Yeah. And you know um, what? I had a great coworker. Once we closed the doors and we're just cleaning, uh, Every time I close at this coworker, we've been listening to uh, a new hip hop album because he just is really interested in rap, but has never really yeah. heard any. Mm-hmm. So each time we close, I'll uh, pick a new album and put it on. So last night was uh, Acid Rap from Chance the Rapper. Nice. I watched. So I guess that's my my yeah. movie moment. Is like, I don't know, just um, yeah, work oh. and yeah, we moved into the movie moments. If oh, nobody's, if oh, nobody's that... heard what that what that is, a movie moment is something that happened in your life that felt like a movie that we do every week. Um, <laughs> mine. Have you ever uh, have you ever sat down in the shower before? Yes, it it can mean several different things, <laughs> uh, ranging from fun and I'm mixing it up to I am so so sad and so alone. <laughs> And just can't do it right now. Um, am I? Where do you land on that scale? <laughs> this was a while ago, uh, but it just popped into my head the other day. <clears throat> there was one night in the uh, quarantine uh, black hole that <laughs> I currently live in, uh, where I got pretty schwasty. And I don't. I only really drink on the weekends, but I got very, very intoxicated and. My drunk brain, I'd, I watched movies till like 3 or 4 a.m. And in my head, I was like, 
I just shouldn't go to sleep because it's like 5 a.m. already. Like, this is kind of useless. So (laughs) it was like 5 a.m. and I decided to take a shower. Uh, And then whilst in the shower, I was like, my drunk brain was like, I'm going to sit down. (laughs) So (laughs) I sat down and I just sat there. uh, And in my head, I was like, this is... Yeah, one of those like depressing movie moments where the dude's just sitting in the shower at 5 a.m. and the water's just like <laughs> just coming down. And then I took a walk uh, at like 6 a.m. It was a wild night. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember if you told me about this, but I feel like I would have remembered. The next day was awful. I had a I had an awful night. The next day was absolutely terrible because i was yeah, crazy enough if you stay up and you're you know 20 <laughs> or older uh if you stay up all night it sucks <laughs> it was like physically and mentally like i i went to sleep at like six or like 7 a.m and then i woke up like two hours later in like a existential panic even though i didn't have any weird dreams i just woke up and was like <laughs> and then went back to sleep uh yeah, the next God. day yeah not not doing that ever again for a long time. Uh, yeah, well, and I was also gonna say like the uh, the old sit in the shower trick. I feel like the difference is if you're if you're clutching your knees to your chest in a semi fetal like sitting upright fetal position versus yeah. if you have your arms out on the sides of the tub like this is the life like that's that's well, the difference. One of them <laughs> is like a, a half bath with a little rain action. Well, and one of them is. I am so, so sad. It was, I wasn't fetal position sad, uh, but I was definitely lounging and it felt, I just felt like a, a blob, you know? Me, I wasn't yeah. like comfortable, I was just kind of there, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of a half bath, half shower situation. Nice. Anyway. Uh, a little rainy day on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so whilst I've shared my deepest, darkest um moments with you all uh neither of us have therapists this neither is how of we, uh, yeah this is how this we stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that is the uh... podcasters like shit none of us have therapists so we're just we need to talk to the void or somebody else so um <laughs> speaking of depressing things let's talk about kajillionaire <laughs> let's talk about this movie <laughs> let's talk about this movie um yeah. Initial thoughts. I, I I heard about this movie and mm-hmm. read a few reviews, um, and from people that I respect, uh, and they said it was really great. So I thought we'd do it this week. What'd you think? Yeah, I had seen the trailer, and I am a zucker for um, good title treatments. Um, so whenever <laughs> there's a trailer that looks even slightly unique or different, I'm my interest so. is peaked, um, and I believe if you're listening to this, I will have replicated the title treatment on the cover of this episode. That's the plan anyway. If not, I'll describe it to you. Um, in the story, they live in this dilapidated office that's off of a bubble factory. <laughs> and um, so these masses of pink bubbles slowly ooze down this wall, and part of their, like, rent agreement, which I put in very loose quotes, is to scoop it off the wall in buckets and like dispose of it. And in the trailer, all of the like the titles that come up, like the um 
I don't know, like if you thought your family was weird, but not that obviously, uh-huh. um, is that sort of off off white pink beige wall with these kind of beautiful masses of pink bubbles slowly rolling down in this ominous but kind of indie looking way. Um, I can't even remember the question, but I I really liked that trailer, <laughs> so that uh piqued well, my interest. So what did you think of the movie? I oh the trailer's yeah, good. fair. Yeah, trailer's great. Um, <laughs> I liked it. Um, it was definitely one thing I'm very grateful for. This show is we've kind of learned that different movies. And this sounds so obvious, but different movies fill different purposes. You know, not everything's mm-hmm. meant to do a certain thing. Um, we've talked about a lot of different kinds of movies. And I think it's silly to, I mean, and then this kind of comes back to our disdain for rating movies mm-hmm. numerically. Um, just because it it's silly to... Uh, Compare something like Kajillionaire to like Avengers, right? Yeah. So Idiotic. this for me was very much in the category of artsy. It was in the category of trying to say something specific, trying to um, kind of ride that weird wave, um, only show you really what you need to know. Uh, you're not meant to think too hard about like how these different things work. And I had to shut that part of my brain off before I could really enjoy it. Um, yeah. That yeah. that was something that I noticed immediately is like <clears throat> uh it took me like I don't know, maybe it was just my my mood, but um I've been writing a lot and just like, you know, watching movies and trying to figure out their sh- structure, how they're written. Mm-hmm. Um and I I found myself in this movie, I was enjoying it, but I, I found myself like 50 minutes into it when they're in the guy who's, like, trying to die's house. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was like, when is she going to run off with, with what's-her-name? Like, when is it going to start? And then mm-hmm. I, in my brain, I was like, that's not important. Like, it's so crazy how your brain... You want it to be plot-based. Yes, you... you want you, it to you... be... You know, yeah, one scene after another. Yeah, you have these things that are like, okay, so this should happen now, and then when it doesn't happen, you're kind of thrown for a loop. And this whole movie for me was constantly like setting one thing up for what you expect it to be, and then immediately turning the other way and doing something completely different. Yeah, every single like beat of it was just completely. And it's about the ride. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not about you know a MacGuffin or we have to get from here to here. We have to do this. It is mm-hmm. in those moments, and it was kind of interesting, just like you said, to sort of realize as I'm watching it, my brain is trying to turn it into something it's not. And thinking, yeah, yeah okay, so Gina shows up. Initially, old Dolio, played by, uh, oh, God, um, Evan Rachel Wood. Initially, you know, she's resentful and stuff, but you can tell that, like, they are drawn to each other, and that that's yeah. where the movie will likely head is them doing their thing. Yeah. Um, but if you focus on that, and yeah, if you try to rush it in your brain, you miss out on these situations they get put in. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I had like a prevailing thought about this, and I, I guess the top of the episode is a good place to say it. Uh, this movie felt very much about uh, spaces and things. Um, hmm. Like the production design was incredible. 
everything felt very real. Um, Interesting. And, you know, they'd go into these old people's houses and there's this comparison between where they live, which is this, you know, office with this cubicles and all this random crap. Mm-hmm. And then they go into, you know, old people's houses and there's a bunch of antiques and books and medication and all these different things. And yeah. you see, um, what's the character's name? Melanie. You see Melanie's apartment and it's been set up that her mom just buys her stuff and she doesn't actually want it. So she has this very, you know, 2020 apartment that's just full of things off of Amazon. Stuff. Yeah. And then Interesting. I didn't major think about spoiler that alert. Like that. Um major, major mm-hmm. spoiler alert. By the end of it, the room is empty. It's been completely vacated of all of the things and you just see this space. Um and it's, you know, maybe a little bit about class, maybe a little bit just about life, maybe a little bit about, you know, America. I don't know. But I just was very conscious of that the whole movie was like these spaces that we live in and the things that we accumulate. Hmm. That's interesting. I I didn't think about that at all. That never crossed my mind in terms of like the things that we all have. Mm. And it makes sense because the poster has a lot of things on it. Mm. (laughs) And now that I'm thinking about it, it really is. You're looking around at all the marketing. Oh, wait a second. (laughs) Oh, wait. Well, I mean, like, I I get it now. The things that I was really, like, heavily focused on, especially at the beginning, I was focused on two things, obviously. It's like, one, um, it seems like a lot of the content that I've been watching that's been coming out this year are about (laughs) Americans who are down and out and poor and have been, like, Mm -hmm. completely just brainwashed by the world. So yeah. watching this one, I was like, "Man, this is tough." Like these or parents reacting, are psychotic, you know, to this world that is. Yeah, you exactly. get it. Like I was very sympathetic. I'm like, "Y'all are, you're doing this it wrong. Is fucked, you, man. Like, this is off the rails." But I also can't blame you at all. Like half the shit you're saying, you're only a little it's... like two steps into crazy town. Like the rest of it is pretty on point. <laughs> like you're, yeah, you're right yeah. to be wary of all these systems and things. And that's everything... why I liked Melanie. Because she's like, they go in the, the grocery store, and uh, old Dolio's like, uh, you talk, talk about the cameras and the aisles and things <laughs> yeah. like that. And Melanie's like, well, I'm buying this stuff, so, and just kind of smiles. Doesn't like, matter. I, she's like, I know. She's like, I get that I live in this world, but I'm playing yeah. by its rules, and I've kind of resigned to it. Yeah. And I'm happy to some extent as a result of not letting that get to me in the way it gets to you and your parents. Yeah. It's yeah, it's just fascinating. Um and the other thing that jumped out to me obviously was like the whole physical touch you mm-hmm. know, love yeah. and that whole thing, which is especially potent uh in the year of oh, our Lord twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. well <laughs> or twenty twenty one. This is the first episode yeah. we've recorded in the new year. The new here, new year, new us. That's not that's not true. We just recorded one. Not no not not in the new year. Are you sure? It's the it's the fourth. Really? It's January fourth. When, when? Oh fuck! All right, never mind. Yeah. Sorry, sorry guys. <laughs> Happy no, but new you're right. Year. But I mean, but 2020, <laughs> right? Like it does. It makes you think about. I mean, she's got that first scene, and it it was so so touching man. Uh, when she's getting that massage and she's just crying, like flinching because she's not been given that thing Anything. that you and I have talked about ad nauseum like we're yeah. all touch starved like I mm-hmm. talked to a couple of my friends about it where I was like 
man, I miss hugs. Like I can't remember, you know, when hugs were just like a normal currency. Like that's just been completely sort of wiped out. Yeah. Um, but seeing this character sort of experience that and sort of, I like that she's tiptoeing into it and she's terrified by it, but she on some level recognizes she needs, you know, physical contact. She needs mm-hmm. to think about these things that have been kept from her. It's like a natural, it's yeah. a natural, it will, it's like the baby thing. Like you the know? scene, yeah, like yeah. the scene with the baby. It's the literally baby like a natural thing to want to like have physical interactions yeah. with people. Yeah. Really, really wild. Um, yeah. Let's talk about how good Richard Jenkins is once again. <laughs> Old favorite, regular on the show, Richard Man, Jenkins. He, God. Honestly, he's. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood is really, really good in this, and mm-hmm. um, so is. Uh, they're all good. Of, they're of all the four really, really main fantastic. People, like Evan yeah. Rachel Wood, Deborah Winger, Gina Rodriguez. Gina Rodriguez. They're all and our fantastic. Boy Richard Jenkins. Fucking great. Perfectly Richard Jenkins, cast. He knocks out of the park, man. It, there mm-hmm. there are so he is so like creepy and weird and like kind mm-hmm. of funny sometimes. Like the line when he's talking about the 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 big one, he's like, If you're lucky, you'll just get squished and you'll die immediately and you you won't feel any pain. <laughs> That's the big one. This is it. Yeah. He's so good. And there's like these little details that he has that are I don't know if they're acting choices or directorial choices, but like when he, uh, when Gina is like, or no, uh, Melena, Melanie, Melanie, sorry. Um, when Melanie is like kind of freaking out and they're at the dead guy's house and there's that shot where Richard, Richard Jenkins comes running back and then he sees that she's upset and he stops and then goes back into the room and then re-enters being like sincere and sad and like. And it, they're like they're sociopath. They're like maladjusted sociopaths because like, yeah. and it. I noticed that the first time I watched it, and then I watched it again, and I was like, man, that is like, it's just, it's creepy, but it's just like, uh, great, great choice, great choice. And yeah, and I mean, it's a movie that's not afraid to kind of have characters that are just plain old, kind of fucked up. Like you're sympathetic to them, but you know by the end of it you're left with this wild thing of like you know um and i love in movies it's almost it's like kind of soderbergh oceans 11-esque where something happens and then as soon as like the scene changes you see that there was a plot or a ploy where yeah melanie's like okay if the money's there like there was a test set up there was something Mm -hmm. set up and then it messes with your expectations more than once where the money's all there and they think holy shit and then they have a sweet night of sweet sleep, and then they wake up, and turns that out, one, nope, yeah. they are monsters. Uh, that one got me. But then they return the gifts, and it's this weird, I don't think it's any sort of redemption. I think it's more a comment on the fact that they can't break their own programming. They're like, we split everything three ways, so even though we completely fucked over Melanie as sort of like revenge, um, and because it was this opportunity, they also, you know, they can't not give her her share because that's just this core yeah. tenet of theirs. It's like it's compulsive almost. That was yeah. But, that's the question I had when I first watched it because I I think I missed a few things. I didn't understand mm-hmm. the the five twenty five thing when I first watched it because I missed mm-hmm. that one very specific piece of dialogue <laughs> about how much mm-hmm. money that is split three ways. Um, yeah. But I did. Uh, one of my questions was like. 
did were they intentionally fucking her the whole time when they brought her out to dinner or did they try to do something good and then they couldn't help themselves because they were like we can get into this place and take all this stuff so we just um, can't help we just can't help ourselves because this is the way we're programmed and then leaving that money is their way of saying obviously like it, no we, it was a ploy the whole we're not time we're never because... gonna change we're always this way yeah no it was a ploy the whole time and at first i was like oh wow yeah that's cool that is very ambiguous but no the dinner was the dramatic push where they gave her the necklace and the necklace was the final piece of the 525 once they returned all the oh, i gifts. forgot about the necklace yeah, yeah. that was my thought so, when i first watched it and then i thought mm -hmm. about it later and i was like maybe yeah, yeah. maybe it was that but yeah no <laughs> and, that makes sense and i kind of like that this movie isn't afraid to be like you know what sometimes your family or sometimes like your folks are just not good like some movies they try so hard to reconcile everyone and to you know redeem every character and it's kind of nice to have one where it's like you know you know what sometimes your family just is the way it is you got to find your own people do your own thing and um even in some regards melanie's part of this story right all of the things that have been weighing her down all the stuff that her mom just sends her is you know uh taken out of her life and she has this almost like cathartic reaction to it where she's like honestly good she's like i get to start over i and you kind of get the sense that she'll probably be able to say to her mom like hey uh Stop i lost everything don't send me anything more i really don't want it like this is kind of the fucking marie kondo moment for her or some shit you know like <laughs> um yeah but the, you know and it's not afraid to say we have complicated relationships with our parents specifically and you know that can lead in so many different directions and especially in a movie where you know there's the hope for redemption there's the hope for reconciliation and it doesn't give it to you but you still get a happy ending it's nice it's it's interesting yeah it was a really uh satisfying ending just mm -hmm. them coming not coming to terms but just like accepting Except just for the parents and for old Dolio, like just accepting that, like, sorry, you know, we can't change. We're just kind of stuck here. Uh, yeah. But I'm sorry. We love you. Like, we'll always be your parents. But, you know, this is just who we are. Sorry. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and there's something really satisfying about that. That is like oddly accepting. It just from uh, the film perspective, like oddly accepting and yeah. in, in the idea of not trying to like change anyone or like, yeah. Uh, and th I thought that was what was nice. Weirdly enough, about the scene when they go to dinner and Old Dolio's like, "I'm gonna look fucking like they've never seen before," and I was like, "Oh man, are they is she gonna like doll her up and make her you know look like this incredible person?" It was like, "No, nah, she just put a dress on and like that was it." Yeah, she just put like, <laughs> a, like a, a poorly fitting dress on. And her <laughs> yeah. hair, hair looks exactly the same. Like yeah. the only subtle thing that happens throughout the movie, I noticed was her hair gets pulled back from her face slightly. Throughout yeah. the movie, as she like gains confidence and is, yeah, you know, sees Melanie and sort of fights against her programming of, oh, if you look good, it's bad and you're brainwashed, and sort yeah. of realizes that she wants that more. Or there's a scene where she like takes off like a single jacket or something in this moment. I think right before she dances, she like takes off the jacket, mm -hmm. and it was it was just like shedding shedding weight or shedding something, right? Yeah. Um, 
I love. Yeah. I also love the costuming decision when she gets on the plane for the second time. I think. And she's uh, got like this elaborate businesswoman disguise. I loved it though because it it was so. I mean, super on the nose. She's wearing basically mm. the exact same glasses as her dad, and she has the exact same hair as her mom, and she's just this amalgamation of these two people visually Whoa. in this like this moment. Um, and I just thought it was it was great. And this is like her kind of finding herself. Obviously, she's out, yeah. she's always been a twenty six year old living in this weird place and. Uh, yeah, dude. I and that always hits when there's a character that's your exact age. Um, yeah, but yeah, that scene where it's like, there's eight, 18 gifts. I'm 26. I'm like, 26. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, oh shit. Um, also, yeah, the choice of theirs to basically give her 18 gifts and say, you know, you're an adult now, right? It's kind yeah. of that implication as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're out on your yeah. own. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting movie. Um, it it's it's like a for me it's like a moment in time sort of movie. It's a capturing a specific emotion. Um, yeah, in in almost like a a painterly way, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't really compare a Banksy and something from you know the Renaissance. Yeah, and this this has a very specific agenda, a very specific feel to it that I. I really enjoyed. Also, yeah. Evan Rachel Wood, like, looks, not that she looks older these days, but she looks much, much younger simply because of the costuming, the makeup, and the hair. Yeah, she Quite does. Impressive. She could have been 16 or 26. They could, <laughs> yeah, I, in the story, they could have <laughs> been like, oh, I'm, I'm 18. I would have been like, yeah, yeah, you are. Okay. You absolutely yeah, sure. are. Uh, yeah. Um, which stands in like wild contrast to all of the de aging we've seen in movies that you know cost millions of dollars and doesn't Just look. Put good. a haircut on them and yeah. Yeah, this is like go. a testament to get some prosthetics and get some things going and it might yeah. work. I mean, not with Robert De Niro, obviously, but I got to get my digs in there while I can. Um, I want to give a shout out to the music because the music was incredible. So good. I don't know. Emil Mosseri. Who also did Last Black Man in San Francisco and also did uh, Minari, which hasn't come out yet, but that's the movie oh, with shit. Steven Yeun. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's supposed to be incredible. Which, um, do, okay. This quick, dude is off quick, the chain, uh, man. <laughs> no, yeah, he's fucking great. Quick quick thing about Minari. Very, very frustrating and disappointing that it, because it's mostly in Korean, it's mm-hmm. getting or at least in the Golden Globes, it wasn't allowed to compete in Best Picture, despite it what? being, uh, like, yeah, it got pushed into the foreign film category, despite being an American movie by an American director with How American people... actors set in what? America, but it, because it's mostly in Korean. What is the Golden Globes, though, man? Like, who makes that decision and is like, this is going to go over well? I, I hope the Oscars see that and go, ooh, not going to do that, because... Anyway, well, but, I mean, they they won't because Parasite won la- last year, and that was a foreign film. It won Best Picture. Like, <laughs> yeah. they, they, no, true. If they, true if that true. would just be a weird like uh, turnaround. Be like, we're not letting Korean movies win anymore. Sorry, a, a <laughs> like, weird <laughs> step backwards. Yeah, especially because it's Korean as well, or in Korean, I should say. Um, but yes, the music, fantastic. Um, the song that Gina Rodriguez plays on the piano, mm-hmm. I that. Artist, as far as I can tell, is just an artist that it's like summer, summer something or other, and 
just an nothing artist. else on Spotify. I think she's part of. I mean, well, and the director of this is Miranda July, who is you know performance artist, all these different things, right? Um, so she probably knows all the cool hip artists that like have an album that's only out on tape. All the cool or hip shit like artists. That. Yeah. Yeah. And so I imagine it's somebody who has a body of work. I just haven't found in my cursory glance into the, you know, digital database that is Spotify. But God, I love that song on the piano. It's so good. I The music so is part good. of why this movie felt so like uh, trance-like for me. Like yeah. after the first like hour, <clears throat> it really grew on me a lot. Because like yeah, I, for the first too. hour, I was kind of like grasping for some kind of structure mm-hmm. and then once i just like told myself like just shut the fuck up and just like let it <laughs> you know let it yeah. let it wash over you um i really yeah. really loved it and the music was a huge part of it and it uh mm-hmm. it's so dope and one of my favorite sequences is the the bathroom scene i was going to say in terms of letting the film wash over you the bathroom scene kind of embodies that yeah. totally right Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they go into the bathroom and then the big one happens or whatever, and like, mm-hmm. it's, it's again, it's that thing of like they go into the dark bathroom and you're like, oh, they're gonna kiss or something, right? Like they're in a dark mm-hmm. space and like they've got some stuff, and then no uh, earthquake, and then like it's dark and silent, and she thinks that she's died, <laughs> and then like yeah. the stars happen, and like uh, I could have stayed it. I honestly could have watched like an hour of that. And I know that's weird, yeah. but like I could have no, watched an hour of just stars moving and them talking. I was like insanely riveted yeah. by that. And I think it's a testament to the fact that by that point the movie's got you. Yeah, yeah. Like you are you are fully conditioned at that point to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Where if they'd tried that earlier in the movie, it, it might have it probably would have worked because it's still a very powerful sequence. But at that point, you've been through enough and seen enough shit that you're like okay i gotta just like jesus take the wheel kind of situation where you're like okay miranda like you <laughs> you you're in charge i'm gonna let you be in jesus charge i'm gonna stop trying to backstreet dive or back backseat drive you know in my own head <laughs> yeah uh I, I i've been thinking about this a lot uh just in terms of 2020 and like the movies that have come out this year because like mm-hmm. I sure as hell haven't seen a whole lot of movies that have come out this year. I know they're holding a lot of like the Oscar movies back to be released in like January and February. <clears throat> um, and this was one of the ones that I feel like there's a lot of movies that I feel like I would have seen in a theater and would have been more excited about and would have talked to more people about. Mm-hmm. And this was one of those ones that I feel like I, you know, I would have went and saw in a movie theater because somebody told me to see it, and then I would have talked to somebody else about it. Whereas this year, it was very much just like uh, I saw somebody on Letterboxd say this was good, and I've been meaning to see it. I just like haven't until now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just curious about like your thoughts on these kind of like these smaller movies that, yes, they they have a broader release online, but like may not have the same like, uh, not clout, but build up or you know, talk of the town sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, it is one of those things where I, I cast a pretty wide net and watch a lot of trailers. So I'm fairly aware of what's coming out. So for me, it doesn't make too much of a difference. I Mm -hmm. think, um, it makes me 
kind of bummed out that some of these don't get their day in the sun like they used to. Um, just because, yeah, like even high-profile movies, you know, they get released online, and the fanfare feels less. Like, you yeah, know, I, if you're not in LA, you don't see the billboards. Um, I don't know about TV and everything else or where people normally see trailers, but I feel like I didn't, I wasn't as exposed to as many trailers in passing. Like I had to seek a lot of stuff out. Yeah. So it it does kind of push things farther to the fringes, which is not what I expected in a year where everything kind of went online. I thought, okay, it's more of an even playing field. Um, it's more so, convoluted almost because kind of in a weird it's sat- way it's kind of saturated, I guess. Like yeah, in a weird this way, would have had its own thing if it weren't for the year. Yeah, in a weird way, movie theaters are kind of. Uh, you know, curators in an issue like that's kind of shitty because there's so many different things that are involved in that. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's like a moving museum almost. Yeah. There's so many different things that are involved in that, which is shitty. And a lot of movies don't get to be seen because of that and are mm. getting to be seen because of that. But also something like this, like, yeah, I'm just imagining watching that bathroom scene like in a movie theater. And yeah, I'm really bummed. Or any of the earthquake scenes <laughs> where, like, you can yeah. feel the the seat the rumble, rumble because of the bass, like, yeah, yeah. And, and it, I mean, yeah. frankly, I don't think you can kind of take the pulse of things that are gonna blow up. Like, Parasite, fucking awesome movie. Like, we all know that by this point. Like, it's a cliche to be like, oh, Parasite's a great movie. That's like a film mm-hmm. that could have, you know, with if it wasn't handled right, could have gone under the radar and people wouldn't have seen it. But it makes sense why it hit a lot of notes for a lot of people. It was all different types of genre in one. It was exciting for as, uh, you know, for as unconventional as it was for American cinema in some aspects, it was very digestible, I think. Mm-hmm. This is not. No, <laughs> I no. Think, <laughs> you know, so I, I think, uh, I think, uh, like, somebody had some interesting quote Um where it was along the lines of like, you'll get out of this sort of what you allow yourself to. Yeah. To the extent where it was like, if you're cinematically adventurous, you'll enjoy this. If you're not, it might miss you. Just this idea of, yeah, if you, if you let go of the wheel, which I think you and I have been practicing this past year with the show, which coming up on a year, bud. Hey. um, And it has been this thing of, I'd rather give something a chance and have a good conversation about it than be frustrated by something, give up, and then complain about it a bit and move on with my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. There's very few movies that I've just, like, turned off. Um, and yeah. it's definitely like, they have to be They have to be very aggressively mediocre. You know, yeah. it's never because something is too artsy or because it's too boring. It's always yeah. because something is just, like, a B-minus, C-plus action flick that I'm like, oh, I, I don't need to put this in my head. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing more here where th- yeah. there's like a base level of quality that I'm like, you could throw anything at me and I'll probably roll with it if you hit these couple markers, mm-hmm. which are pretty low. <laughs> you hit yeah. these couple markers, I you know, I, I'll watch anything you put in front of my eyeballs. Yeah, uh, I think Gina Rodriguez... That energy to sort of jump back into the the movie and how it all sort of worked for me, having a character show up who is 
remarkably patient with and even sort of fascinated by just the strangeness of the family dynamic, uh-huh. partially as an audience surrogate and partially as a counterpoint was really cool yeah. um, and, and necessary. Uh, and it was just fun because this could have just been a, a strange heist movie about this crime family. And she could have figured out sort of on her own that she wanted to get out of it. But adding this character who, you know, comes in sort of like this sunny tidal wave and sort mm-hmm. of rolls with it. Um, it was really fun. Like it's just, it's fun to watch Gina Rodriguez do her thing. Yeah. Watching the trailer for this and then watching the first like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. Uh, my initial thought was like, Oh, this is going to be like, um, Mm-hmm. You know, there's that brand of like independent, like dramedy. There's like a very it, I I can't even like uh, I can't even really put my finger on it, but it's like kind of formulaic, yeah. but good has good performances. It's just like just solid all around. Is like initially what I thought mm-hmm. this was gonna be because the premise is was very like oh cool this is like a fun premise. Yeah. And then after the 15 minute mark, it was like okay, so this is not this is not gonna be that. <laughs> At all. <laughs> yeah. Shit. I can't remember if I read something comparing this to something else and making a, a statement or it's, it was saying something similar about genre. And I don't even know if it pertained to this, but it, it was that sort of comparison of, oh, it initially seems like fill in the blank, you know, uh, poor family commits crimes and it's kind of funny, kind of sad, says something about society. Um, and, you know, this ends up being a bit of that, but I think it ends up being more so about just people. And I don't know. I found it valuable. I think I could see how people would find it uh, slow or uh, strange in an off-putting way. Um, and I think the hot tub, you know, botched threesome scene is kind of the pinnacle of that in this movie where it's like, it's like, oh, yes, to answer your question, these people are you know yeah they they can be exactly as creepy as you think they are they're not just sort of kooky well-meaning people they're manipulative they are you know they don't have a sense of boundaries they can't read the room at all at all like they thought that this was a thing and those weird vibes you got all along yes those were completely yes you know and when this movie goes there and it was sort of uncomfortable to watch at points but in a way that came together, it didn't just do that to make you feel weird. It it culminated in something so that when they finally proved that once and for all they are just not good and sort of dip and she ends up with Melanie, you're like, yes, good, perfect. <laughs> yeah, like this is the start of something new and you have successfully gotten away from some people that we now know for sure definitively are not good for you. Yeah. So... I really appreciated that, um, and I hope that people who start this give it the chance and get all the way through it because there is that initial adjustment period, which to to get even more not hipster, but uh, to make a comparison that will probably roll some folks' eyes. It's kind of like coffee, um, where I know um, so if you're used to drinking like you know I don't know sort of more modern third wavy coffee that comes in like. You know, you get it at like a nicer cafe and it has like sort of more acidic, like subtle notes. Uh, It doesn't taste like the coffee you grew up on. And then you go back and you drink like a good cup of diner coffee. 
my palate for the first couple sips is like, what is this? This is way too bitter. I don't like it. Get it out of my mouth. But by the third sip, I'm just saying like going from one to the other, then you get three sips in. You're like, this is amazing. It hits the spot. I love this. And if you stop after the first sip, you spit it out. You're like, ah, like if you don't let that adjustment happen, you miss out on the rest of the coffee to sort of cinch up that little analogy there. Um, and it, I, it's the same with movies. Like if you, and you can finish it and still be in that initial phase of, Ugh. you know, like you can close yourself off and tough it out. And by the end of it, you're like, didn't like it. wasn't what I expected. Hate it. Mm-hmm. That's why this is like a weird thing, but I like, I kind of want like an app on my Apple TV. That's like, uh, you get to pick one movie tonight. <laughs> Uh, and Damn. you don't get to watch anything else until you finished the movie, if, like a virtual movie theater. Because there's like there's so many movies that like, especially in film school, that I w- would and cannot yeah. watch on my TV because I am just too distracted and my brain is just like too wily. But when you like get in the theater, you're like, uh, I can't go yeah. anywhere. Well, I can't use my phone. Yeah, hold up. You, you cannot use your phone in a movie theater. You you can, but a lot of people just uh... so everyone knows. <laughs> You cannot use Ugh. your phone in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Even this one, your metric of like, and it, part of it is when my hands don't have something to do, they're very wily. Um, you know, unless I'm in like a theater and there's this pressure to not, you know, to be invested, which is why I like the theater. Um, but alone in my room watching this, even this one, especially because it's uncomfortable, in the beginning, probably all the way up halfway through it, I found myself going for my phone and like doing stuff because I was uncomfortable and I wanted to run away from it. I wanted to, you know, turn away from that and glad I stuck it out. Yeah. This movie made me really sad in a weird way, in like a melancholy way, just because it is so uncomfortable and all the situations Mm -hmm. are really, really just uh, (laughs) gut-wrenching in their awkwardness. But the thing that really does make it all like, totally great is it's one of the best like ending shots i've seen in like a very very long time it was one of the most satisfying endings i've seen in a movie yeah they stuck the landing real well um because they earned it because they they built up this whole thing that doesn't feel like it's building necessarily it just kind of feels i don't know it you know yeah it's not this completely amorphous art house thing but it's laying this groundwork um which by the end, yeah, there's that shot and they're pulling back. Is that great song? And it's great. Yeah. And they're it's also subtly like there's so many uh this sounds very like rom com y, but like moments where they could kiss or you think they're gonna kiss. And like yeah. and there's all those moments that are built up to that last moment and you're like mm-hmm. Ah, got it. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and you're, yeah. you're just happy to see a win, I feel like. Yeah, you're, you're... happy to see a dub, a big dub for, for those two. Yeah. <laughs> just stoked that, you know, they get something. You And they, yeah, just even her, even old Dolio, old Dolio. starting with that massage, you know, it. you see this resistance to something that she clearly needs in her life and hasn't gotten for 26 years. Insane. Yeah. That in that that intimacy and that like, you know, like yeah, just that human touch is just so potent and they sort of yeah, like tiptoe towards it until the end and there's that wonderful kiss. And you're just like, 
thank God. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank God. Like thing, yeah. Things are looking up, and thank <laughs> fucking God, because if this movie ended in a sadder way, I don't know if I can handle it. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, did you have any favorite frames? Uh, we like to pick some favorite frames for the movie, and Henry draws them and puts them on the gram. <laughs> did you? Yeah. I will yeah, go, you go first, first right now. My... Uh, I I had a choice between two. One of them is just the wide of the pink bubbles coming down from mm-hmm. the ceiling because it's so good. Uh, but I, I really liked the um, that shot of her uh, in when she's getting the massage and her head's like when it's she's crying a very distinct and, like, shot. Tear, I like falls. It's very uh, noteworthy. Yeah. You got one, or you want to pick one later? Yeah, I do. No, yeah, <laughs> it, it came to me whilst you were talking. Um, um, when they're, and you have no idea why they're doing this initially, which is, makes it even funnier, but when they're sneaking past the loading gate of the bubble factory and the two parents are oh, leaned yeah. like over like 90 degrees at the waist and old Dolio is leaned back <laughs> and is like walking along and it's just so funny and it's, it's great. Like the gags in this movie are so simple and so funny like the the landlord having a condition where Be yeah he's like his... completely uh <laughs> unable to control his emotional state yeah his emotions and they're like we, we can't pay you and he's just like what is, like i can't keep doing this and he's just at a 10 the whole time and that's the joke and it's so funny it's just a good reminder that jokes yeah are usually best when they're boiled down to like a one sentence descriptor. Like he can't control his emotions. Boom. Go. Yeah. <laughs> like, Simple yeah. as that. Go. <laughs> so definitely that. Like, um, this movie just had some fantastic, had some spice. Great shot. Um. All right. Let's, let's pick our fool of the week. We usually pick an actor and character that embodies the spirit of the movie or that we just liked and want to highlight. Um, like to open the floor to fool nominations. Yeah. Um, I mean, Evan Rachel Wood knocks it out of the park. It is, I'm sure, in even in the you know modest discourse about this movie, this has already been beaten to death, but in a transformative role as old Dolio. Um, you know, <laughs> the voice. I can't get over her the, name. The physicality. <laughs> I know. Even that, like, even the name is like, such a good choice. And when. Dude, okay, well, the scene... She explains it. Yeah, the scene where she explains it, and they've already set this up where there's this role-play exercise, and the fact that she lies and says, you know, her name as the child, and I didn't even put it together till it really started, where she says her name, and you're like, oh, interesting, like, she can't... The, the For me, the joke was, oh, she can't come up with a fake name, like, she's bad at lying, no, she just wanted exactly somebody to, and then yeah, and then it happens. And that wonderful, wonderful um, who teacher, knows? She knows without even knowing. Yeah, and I. <laughs> She's like your old. I, I don't know what her name was, but whoever that was, you did fucking great. Um, and just like works it out and does the thing, and then is doing like the hair brushing, dude. I almost cried so many mm. times throughout this movie. Um, I don't I know. I don't know why I didn't. Uh, it just uh, it, I teared up many many times, and that was one of them. Um, it, this could be a tearjerker. If yeah, you're in the right mood. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> um, so Evan Rachel Wood fucking crushes it. I think, especially really on the back half of the movie, when uh, Melanie starts um, 
sort of pushing back or like taking more control of the situation. Like she's not just along for the ride because she's curious and kind of like seeking just adventure. Fun and weird. Once she actually yeah. starts, you know, taking the reins, sort of rejecting the parents, seeing the situation, she's really good. and uh, you know, taking it upon herself to like help old Dolio get out of this and mm-hmm. become a person again. Yeah. Um, she really starts to shine. Uh, yeah. Like as much as I love Richard yeah. Jenkins and, and Deborah Winger as well, they both do a great, great job at being, you know, these <laughs> creepy messed up motherfuckers who have essentially imprisoned their child for 26 years. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, this would be a good uh, companion for um, Brigsby Brigsby Bear. Brigsby Holy Bear. Shit. This would be a, an apt. Uh, you could yeah compare emotionally manipulative parents and uh, their strategies. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think Evan Rachel Wood is is. Uh, as much as I love Richard Jenkins, he's so fucking good in he's, this. He's uh, fucking good. I just what? remembered the comparison yeah. someone made was they mentioned the very specific genre of indie films that are about parents who live very unique lifestyles off the grid, take their kids with them into it, <laughs> and then those kids like grow up and find agency and challenge their parents' uh, like way of living a la uh, Captain – what is it? Captain Fantastic? Oh, Captain Fantastic, yeah. Captain Fantastic's really good. I don't know if you've seen I, it. I need to rewatch good. it, if if for nothing else, yeah. to see uh, Viggo Mortensen uh, butt naked. Um, butt naked? Folks, never seen a penis before? <laughs> Is it <that> the line? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Male anatomy. <laughs> Male anatomy. Um, man. Yeah, I as I, much as I, I love think... the parents, they kind of function as a unit for me. And Richard Jenkins is just, in in a little way, kind of doomed to always be the the character that is like the the cavalry that like fucking rocks the movie. Like does a great job. Like Shape of Water, he's fucking amazing. But I wouldn't say he's the fool of Richard, the movie. Yeah, um, let me it's in. Fucking he's the rocks guy, the yeah. movie. Wouldn't say he's the fool of the movie. <laughs> this fucking rocks the movie. Wouldn't say he's the fool. Um, so for me, it's between Evan Rachel Wood and Gina Rodriguez. Uh, as good as, as Gina Rodriguez mm-hmm. is, I, I think Evan Rachel Wood is like... Uh, I think she's better just because the role... Just because the role is so unique. It's so unique. Like, not only her work into the physicality and the, the voice and everything else that goes into the character, including all of like the subtleties of like... 26 years of emotional manipulation than when she interacts with anyone normal (laughs) and her just inability to do that, whether it's like with the touch or, um, you know, and and, like answering questions or making eye contact or doing anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. unless it's a job, right. That's the whole thing. Yeah. On top of the costuming, on top of the makeup, on top of like, it's just really well done. Gina Rodriguez is yeah. fantastic, but there's it's also there's really so much riding on uh, Old Dolio. Old Dolio. <laughs> the explanation for the name Old Dolio yeah. is really fucking incredible too. He was a homeless old man who won the lottery, and they <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
they named her Old Doyle after him because they wanted to get some of the Yeah, money. they wanted. But then he spent Yeah, they all. wanted to have, <laughs> have him put her in the will or put them in the will. And he, it is, and he spent I, all of it on experimental cancer treatment. <laughs> Everyone in the class is so I uncomfortable do, listening to the explanation. Like, what the fuck? I do want to say that this movie, like, as read on paper, could have been <clears throat> just a complete joke. And because the content is really funny, right? Mm. And, like, it could have been directed in such a way where it was just, like, really weird and kind of stupid mm. and, like, out and there. if it because, didn't commit you know. to the actual emotions of the core. Yeah, if it, if it wasn't in this, like, middle ground of, like, uh, just kind of, weird but serious and melancholy and all these different emotions i think that's why it succeeds you know having your main character named old old dolio in the humor like you can do weird shit like that but if you just ground it doesn't undercut the i feel like people either lean on humor because they think they can't you know get something through without it or they let the humor undercut it sort of bathos style i know Mm -hmm. i I always bring this shit up but like marvel (laughs) using humor yeah. to like deflate emotional situations for some reason, like as part of their brand. It's not cheesy. Yeah. So it's not yeah. cheesy or something like they're trying to make fun of themselves first before other people do. Cause that's like this, I don't know. But yeah. Um, and the other thing too, is like those emotional situations and the funniness of them. Life is just kind of like that. Like it's I weird. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's ever a situation where you're talking about something and all of it is completely serious. There's always going to be dumb elements where you're talking, you're having a very serious discussion about like stuff that is not a joke. But to talk about it, you have to mention stuff that's very silly and very on its surface. Yeah. Kind of dumb and random and surreal. And that's just life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think like I think that's what's so rad about this is it, it it's weird because the film feels really like real, right? Like it feels like real life. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, it's taking these like larger than life characters and just like presenting them as r- real, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that kind of what you're saying about how life is so funny and weird sometimes, it's just odd that a movie like this rings like more true and authentic than something that is like based on a true story mm-hmm. you know something like mank like this feels more realistic and like grounded <laughs> and the main character's name is old dolio and they live in a fucking like you know uh <laughs> an office space mm-hmm. than something that actually happened Shit, and i think yeah. that's why that's just wild yeah i love it yeah and again very very different films but in terms of like the common factor like the just emotional resonance yeah this definitely mm-hmm. a Ooh, big yawn. Sorry. Big yawn. Big <laughs> in, yawn. in terms of uh, emotional resonance, this definitely got me more than, say, a mank or something else. Kajillionaire. Shall we? Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire. Great title. Great title. Uh, based on Richard Jenkins' weird little um, yeah. monologue about people wanting to be kajillionaires. I just want to be kajillionaires. <laughs> so weird. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. We really appreciate all y'all listening to the pod. Uh, if you'd be appreciate. so kind as to appreciate, appreciate, <laughs> appreciate. 
if you would uh, be so kind as to give us a subscribe or whatever, or like, or review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. Tell, Make tell sure all your friends. Uh, share. <laughs> yeah, share. Share in the, the, the post-season of giving. Do people share podcasts with each other? Like, do you, do you tell people That's how, about the podcasts you listen to? That is the only way that I find out about podcasts. Finding podcasts is one of the most difficult convoluted yeah. weirdest things in the world. There's not and really the only a way you find out about them. It's just like you have to you have to hear about it or I oh you know, I usually find out because of podcasts mentioning other podcasts or they'll promote one. Yeah. They'll have someone on. And I'll be like, oh that yeah. sounds interesting and then all of a sudden I have a new podcast. But Because I'm not about to listen to an hour of something that hasn't been that vouched I, for. That hasn't been vouched for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it, it's, you know and yeah. I'm not like a podcast enthusiast. It's not like I love podcasts. Like I like movies where I'm like, oh, this has a cool title. The premise seems cool. I'm going to try it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to wait for you or somebody else to be like, hey, this podcast is really good. I'll be like, cool. Somebody said it was good. <laughs> I guess I'll give it a shot. Well, shout out. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple podcasts just in the spirit of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, Robert Evans, Behind him. the Bastards. Excellent. Um, the Bechtel cast is a... As a show about movies and women in uh, in film, and one of the hosts of that is uh, currently doing a limited series called the Lolita Podcast, which is uh, pretty intense. But it's about the book Lolita, its misinterpretation by culture and its impact on culture. Good shit. Ooh, it'd be kind of fun to to share. No, but I was just thinking like this would be kind of a fun (laughs) little segment to do at the end, where it's like kind of the recommendations for what we've been like listening to. Cause it's not a very watching. it's not a very visual thing like our recommendations for movies is one thing but yeah. yeah or like what music have you been bumping what have you been listening to while we were uh, recording which is apparently I was something just, you do no it, I turned it off uh, um, <laughs> I was listening to like uh, just some like chill hop stuff mm. lo-fi like, beats to uh, relax and yeah, study by lo-fi beats to relax and study too yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see you next week. We're going to watch something. Who knows what yeah. it is. Uh, Could be anything cuz this one yeah. was kind of everything. This one was funny, this one was serious, this one was uh heavy. I had an idea of one that would pair well with it, but I lost it and I can't remember it now. So well, ideas. Ideas they just float Ooh. around. <laughs> what the Where did that come from? <laughs> I, there's a hat hanging right here. You're like, ideas, they just, and then this thing fluttered across the screen like a pigeon. Like that. That's how ideas, that's how They ideas just fall from the sky. Up. Oh, my God. There it is the again. Sky. Sorry, it's not hanging correctly. There we go. Okay. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Have a great evening, morning, afternoon, night, wherever you are in, in the globe. Have fun cooking or driving or whatever you're doing while you listen to this. Yeah. Bye. Bye.